Hey guys, how you guys doing? Um, I'm excited because today we have somebody who, you know, it's funny, like, you see people throughout your life, and if, any, if you've been anywhere, like, spiritually throughout your life, you've had a lot of <clears throat> positions where you've had major milestones, whether it be a youth camp or who knows, you know, everybody probably has a story of people. One of the people who impacted my life during my college years, who was at a program, at, um, I will say seminary, that I went to, um, he made a big impact on my life, and he's here today speaking to you guys. He's a pastor in California right now, and I know he's got a great word, so I'm super excited. So without further ado, we have Pastor Tagaguchi. Well, good morning. You guys awake? Got my Duncan. We have like one Duncan uh, near us in Cali, uh, and... I think people don't understand. I think actually there are a lot of folks that are super excited about it coming in town. Uh, but anyways, hey, a couple of things um, before we get started here. I tend to talk pretty fast. All right. So if you're listening to this later and you're one of those people that listen to the podcast on one and a half speed uh, like I do, you're not going to want to do that today. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll naturally do that for you. So you may go, man, he's, he's talking too fast. No, I'm not. You're listening too slow. All right. So you can, you can handle it. I believe in you and I've had my coffee and so it might be a little extra uh, fast. So, like Jason said, we met uh, in Chicagoland area in, in, you know, in God's country uh, where the Cubs live. Just kidding. All right. Uh, But yeah, so that's where we met. About six years ago, my wife and I moved out to California, planted a church all called Voice Church. Six months before launch, you may not realize this because I mean, you may have started coming uh, to BCC since last time I was here. About six months before we launched, uh, I came out here and told you guys the vision of this church. At that point, we were just, I think we had a website at that point. I hope, I hope we would have. Uh, I think we were like an Instagram account by that point uh, with an, an, an idea. And we pitched the vision to you guys, and you, whether, you, whether you know it or not, you guys gave uh, to the vision of the church. And I want to tell you that you guys are part of every single story that's happened over the last four years, every single baptism. Uh, every single life change, every single salvation. I want to tell you one quick story before we hop into the teaching. This guy named Louise, well, actually, before Louise came, a guy named Marco came. His whole family gave his life to the Lord. Marco then later, uh, in the middle of all the pandemic stuff, goes, hey, uh, we haven't been around, obviously, because uh, the world is shut down. And so a friend of mine uh, is not living for the Lord. He's going through some marriage stuff, but I think he might be open to the gospel and so would you call him? Here's a cell phone number. So I did. So I called Louise up. I was, in, I, I was in the parking lot of like a TJ Maxx or something at the time. And I'm like, well, I might as well just hop on the phone call. So I called, t- talked to Louise. We talked about his marriage, his kids, all that kind of stuff. And I think and I told him the, the most important thing right now is not your marriage. It's actually your relationship with God. And he ended up giving his life to the Lord over the phone. The crazy thing is he came to church on Sunday. Uh, and I, I, I bought, I, I go, do you have a Bible? He goes, yeah, I have a Bible. I go, no, do you have a Bible that you understand? He goes, no, I have a, I have a King James Bible from when I went to Catholic church when I was like 12 years old. I was like, okay, do you read it? He goes, I don't, I don't get it. I was like, okay, let me get you a Bible. Website called Amazon, I don't know if you heard about it. I'll get you a Bible, right? Uh, so I, I got him a Bible that I get all new believers and he loved it. He texts me later on that week after church and goes, hey, where did you get that Bible? Because my daughter is made a decision to follow Jesus, and she's, a, I think, in eighth grade at the time, and he goes, she keeps on stealing my Bible, so can you get another one? And so I was like, yeah, yeah, so Amazon's got, Amazon's got tons of them. So got another one for her, like two, three weeks later, he goes, hey, my wife, 
uh, needs a Bible now too because we're getting frustrated because she keeps on taking my Bible and taking my daughter's Bible and we want her to get her own. So can you get her a Bible? I'm like, I'll buy you as many Bibles for everyone in your neighborhood if they keep on making decisions for Jesus. So anyway, that's just one small story and you guys are a part of that. So you can give yourself a round of applause. Let me uh, introduce you to my family real quick and then we're going to dive into this message. Uh, And uh, yeah, so you want to throw the picture of my family up there? That's not them. There they are. Okay. Uh, the dog's missing from the picture. So this, that's my wife in the middle, uh, obviously. Uh, Natalie, she, so we, we launched the church uh, together. She's the heartbeat of the church. She's amazing. Gal on the left uh, is Brooklyn. She's a junior in high school, artsy. She's going to, you'll see her on the credits after a Disney movie or Pixar movie one day. That's, that's her. Uh, Kaya on the right, she's 14 years old, freshman, uh, 14 going on, 21. Uh, she is K-pop. Uh, all-star, just, yeah, she's, she's a spaz. We, we love her uh, most of the time. So anyways, that's uh, my family. They wish they could be here today, but obviously uh, they're not. So I uh, just want you to introduce you to them. Some of you guys know them, and some, well, now you guys, all you guys know them. All right, so hey, today we're going to hop into this idea. And we're going to talk about this idea of joy and how it's different than happiness and is different than a lot of things, but if you're normal, this past couple years has kind of unearthed some things, right? We are not the same now as we were a couple years ago as a nation, as individuals. Uh, anybody who's like, I'm the same person because Jesus never changes. Okay, yeah, ask the person next to you. Ask your spouse, ask your neighbor, ask your brother or sister if you're the same person. Things have shifted a little bit for better or for worse. And Sometimes it's created tensions in our relationships. It's caused fractures in our families. Thanksgiving meal was a little more awkward, a little more uh, potholes and landmines to navigate with every social media post and every conversation because I don't know where you stand and I don't know what you... So everything's a little more fractured, right? Caused a little anxiety with fear, uncertainty, doubt, and all that, and the world's falling apart. And, and, and there's this idea that, that the, the, the pandemic broke relationships or the pandemic stole your peace or the pandemic stole your joy. And I think the reality is it just revealed the fact that relationships were already broken. It revealed the facts that our foundation was not on the stuff that we said our foundation was on actually. That we went to church and we sang the songs but our foundation was actually in that number in our bank account. Our foundation was actually in other things. And so if you're normal, where there used to be joy uh, could now be peace, or could now be anxiety, could now be stress, could now be, uh, you know, stuff that wasn't there, you thought, before. If you're normal, you may be someone that goes, I used to be joyful, talk. I really was. I used to be a happy person, and now I'm not. Or you may be sitting here going, my dad used to be a joyful person, Right? And you don't like being irritable. You don't know why you are the way you are right now. You don't want to be that way either. But let me show you a path back. And this isn't about, this isn't, you know, about like, you know, ignoring anxiety, ignoring mental illness or anything you're struggling with. It's not about, you know, I'm blessed, brother, but you're not. You know what I mean? It's not about, I'm doing great, but you're not. It's not about being dishonest. It's about going, here's, here's how we can shift some things. Because Today is more about joy, not about happiness. And the difference between joy and happiness is happiness can come many times from a change of circumstances, right? 
If I get a raise, I'm happy. If I lose a job, I'm sad. If, I get, if my wife makes me a sandwich, I'm happy. If she doesn't, I'm, right? If, if, if circumstances change, I'm happy. But happiness comes from a change of circumstances. Many times joy comes from a change of perspective, right? You'll actually see the, the, the book, we're not going to talk about this, but we'll camp on it for a second. The book that talks more, the letter in the Bible that talks more about joy than any other letter was Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, Philippians, right? And that was the most persecuted church that Paul ever wrote to. And he wasn't telling them that circumstances would change. He's telling them, change your perspective in the middle of the circumstances. Right? So we're going to dive into a story, uh, Luke chapter 17. If you've spent any amount of time in church, you've probably heard this before. Uh, If you are new to church, super glad that you're here. Uh, You don't have to know where this is. We're going to put it on the screen. Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he, was, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanked him, and, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? It's kind of harsh, but it'll make sense in a moment. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So we're backtrack. Put yourself in the, in, in the position of someone with leprosy. Sometimes you read these, uh, these passages, and especially if we grew up in church, we were picturing flannel graphs or overhead projectors. We're going, oh, leprosy, 10, I know this story, right? I want you to put yourself in a position of someone in that time, the first century, where you're, you're living a normal life. You're married, you got kids, you're doing the things, right? And then one day, you, you know, you start, you get a little rash, got a little itch, right? So you run to CVS, get yourself some Benadryl. Then all of a sudden, you... Notice that parts are flaking off, the skin's flaking off. Maybe one day you're, you're cooking and you smell something and you realize that my hand is over the fire and I don't feel it. So you go to the priest to go, what is going on? Do I need to give a sacrifice? Do I need to pray? Whatever. And he goes, no, no, you're unclean. So do not pass go. Do not collect 200 bucks. Just You got to leave. You can say goodbye from a distance. But you'll never work again. You'll never hug your kids again. No one will touch you ever again. Wherever you go, you have to yell out, unclean, unclean, so that people can make good decisions and stay away from you. Right? This will be the rest of your life. You are someone that literally yells unclean whenever you see someone around you. So they know, and you're hearing yourself tell yourself that you're unclean. This is your life until eventually... You die. You, this guy, a Samaritan, normally would not hang out with Jews, right? So they're on the border of a Jewish area, the Galilee, and then a Samaritan area, obviously Samaria. And so he's hanging out with people he never would have hung out with because they're so alone. They're alone together as lepers, right? And then along comes this guy. You're going, I think that's Jesus and his whole crew, his whole entourage. I've heard about him. He heals. And so from a distance, you're yelling unclean. It says that from a distance, he yelled out, have pity on us. Would you heal us? So Jesus says, yeah, go show yourself to the priest. This is a really important situation because why would Jesus say, go show yourself to the priest? A lot of that, a lot of that kind of stuff is lost on us. It's because what Jesus wanted to do was not just, re- not just heal his skin. 
in order to go back into society, I couldn't just, like, he couldn't just be healed and then walk back and go, I'm back, guys. I want my old job back. Everyone's like, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to be here. You're gone. The only way he could reintegrate with society is if he went to the priest, the priest declared him clean again, and re-brought him back into society. You can have your job back. You can go back to your house. You can go back to your neighborhood. So what Jesus was doing was not just healing body. He was reinstituting community, right? And over the last couple of years, this is what's been fractured. We've seen that virtual church has its merits better than nothing, right? Just like you can Zoom with people, that's better than nothing, but it's not the same, is it? And that's been the hard part, wrestling with that tension for all of us. I, was, I mean, you can get mad at me. Anybody watching online, really glad that you're watching online. It's better in person. It's better in person. So we'd love to see you here. I won't be, I won't be here next week, but everyone else would love to see you uh, here in person. So the story is about healing. The story is about relationship, but the story of that is just a setup for, I think, the real lesson of this. This real lesson of finding this place of joy and what is the pathway to get there. The, the, the Samaritan was the first and what appears to be the only one to express gratitude. Ten lives were changed, right? And yet one came back. Once again, the hero of Jesus' story, is, and this again is not a story, but a story told about what happened, uh, but once again, the hero is not the ethnic majority. He's a Samaritan. He's the one with the wrong skin color. He has the wrong uh, neighborhood, but he has the right heart. He's a Samaritan. So here's a principle that he understood is usually if you don't give thanks right away, you won't give thanks at all. And you know this, right? You're like, oh, I'll just thank them later. No, you won't. You haven't, right? If you don't thank right away, a lot of times you won't thank at all. There's actually a consultant, ironically, he's from Boston, uh, but he met, this about a decade ago, he met with this group of graduating Ivy League students, millennials at this point. And he goes, hey, you, did you guys know that there is a word that starts with the letter E that people are using to describe your generation, right, millennials? You guys know what it is? They're screaming out, energetic, excellent, enthusiastic. Do you know what the word was? entitled entitled right and they're like oh okay so, so before those of us that are older than millennials gen xers or whatever uh before we let ourselves off the hook uh, and go yeah those millennials they are super entitled okay who raised them all right so hey you know what you did this you did this all right but are millennials entitled 100 percent just like every other generation that's ever lived on this planet. You're entitled, I'm entitled. What entitlement says, entitlement says is I deserve that. I deserve that. I breathe air so I get to have that. I deserve that. I've, I've worked hard, I should have a nice car. I, just, I worked hard, you should do this for me. My boss should, my kids would jest, if my wife would jest, if my neighbor would jest, if, if they should just do this stuff. I should be able to have this stuff because I should just be able to have it. Right? I want it, so I should be able to have it. Entitlement says, I deserve that. What, what entitlement does, it will rob you of joy. It is impossible to have joy while being entitled. Entitlement ruins marriages. Right? Some of you guys are married to someone entitled. 
How's that working out for you? And if, you, if you're going, I'm not married to someone entitled, maybe you're the entitled one, right? So you just need to ask. If, you're going, if, you, if you really want to know if you're entitled, just ask them. I guarantee if you're entitled and you're going to someone, your spouse, and go, I said an epiphany, I'm entitled, they're not going to go, oh my gosh. We had no idea, right? Trust me, they know there's waiting for you to catch on, right? Entitlement ruins marriages. Entitlement objectifies people, especially if you have gifts, especially if you're in leadership. Right? Because what entitlement says, especially if you're in leadership or managing positions in any way, if you have employees or people in your downline, you can look at individuals on your team, not as people that you're called to lift up and raise and, and support, but you can look at them in, in one of two ways. They're either helping me or they're getting in my way. Right? When you're entitled and when you see everyone as ways, they're, they're people that are just supposed to help you and get your thing done, then you're going to see them as either helping you or in your way. Makes team culture impossible to grow healthy, right? Entitlement makes peace impossible because no one can ever do enough for you, right? Including God. Sometimes God comes through and sometimes he royally messes you up, doesn't he? Sometimes we think that God is following us. That's, that's a little backwards, isn't it? So it makes our relationship or, or with God transactional, right? God, if I, do, if I do this, you'll do this, right? So I want God to do this for me, so I guess I'll tithe a little more, I'll serve, right? And then God will do this for me. Look, if you want to have joy, if you want to have peace, if you want to have deep relationships, you need the opposite of entitlement. You know what that is? Contentment. Contentment. Here's what contentment is, as I, as I see it. Three phrases. I am blessed, I have enough, I am enough. Amen. This is contentment. I am blessed, not I will be blessed when this happens. I am blessed. See, a lot of times we, we say, you know, I got a promotion, hashtag blessed. Right? Look at the new rims on my car. Look at this new thing, I, hashtag blessed. Okay, well, what about I lost the job? Hashtag blessed? I guess God's leading me in a new direction, right? I am blessed. Regardless of my circumstances, I am blessed. I have enough. Not I will have enough when I get this. I will have enough when they finally give me a raise. I will have. No, I have enough. Amen. And I am enough. Not I will be enough when I lose some weight, right? Some COVID-15, right? <laughs> I, I will be enough when I get to this promotion. I will be enough when I get this. No, no, I am enough right now. I am blessed. I have enough. And I am enough. And we say amen to that, but do you believe it? Do you live? Do you pray? Do you worship as if that's true? Don't let what you want rob you of what you have. All of us, it's not wrong to have desires. It's wrong when desires have you. Right? So don't let what you want rob you of what you have. Ecclesiastes 6.9, the wisest guy the Bible says has ever lived, he said this. He said, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, right? And we know this, right? Dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. It's better to enjoy what you have. It's better. Why? Because what happens to your heart when all you do is daydream about what you don't have? When you miss what you do have and you focus on what you don't have, what happens to your heart? Not in a general, it's not a metaphor, literally, what happens to your soul 
when you wish you had a better car, when you wish you had a better house, when you wish your wife would jest, your kids would jest, why doesn't your boss, or why don't your employees, or why doesn't the economy, or why doesn't the president, or why? Okay, what does that do to your soul? Peace? Joy? Right? Would you say you're looking more like the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Galatians 5 says that you can tell someone by their fruit. The evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in someone's life is not church attendance. It's not tithe. It's not how high you lift your hands in worship. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kind. How, how is that bubbling up in your heart? Right? So, it's better. It's better. See, entitlement creeps in and says, no, I deserve that, though. And look, society will never, never push you there. Marketing is based on discontent. There will never be a Lexus commercial that goes, your car's fine. Put a bow on your Ford Taurus, right? It's fine. It runs great. It's paid off. You're good. Just wash it. It'll drive better, right? You'll never see a commercial with that. Commercials based on discontent. Come on, you deserve it. You deserve it, right? You've worked hard, right? Get into debt, right? What happens is when you're content, when you're content, when you say, I am blessed, I have enough, I am enough, then your blessings that you realize are littered all over your life, they turn into praise. And there's an important principle. Blessings that don't turn into praise turn into pride. Blessings that don't turn into praise turn into pride. When we're not content, when we don't thank God for our everything in our life, then it becomes prideful. God, why aren't you doing this for me? Don't you know you're supposed to do this stuff for me? Why are my employees, why are my neighbors, why aren't they doing all this stuff? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? Right? I know it never happens in the church, but I mean, there's other people out there that this happens to you, right? See, listen, having more stuff won't give you gratitude. Right? This is what I'm walking our kids through. One of, one of our kids is a saver and she'll never spend money. Right? Even if the meal comes with a, a, like a drink, she'll be like, I'll just take water. Like She is, lives in fear of, you know, because we were in a, in a different phase of life when she was little. Our other kid, it's just raining all the time, right? <laughs> She's just like, if she knows someone six months from now is going to give her 100 bucks, it's already spent. I kid you not, if you ask her, what can I get you for your birthday? She will send you a note on her phone that is six pages long. I'm not exaggerating. It's six pages long of all the stuff that she wants. She keeps it updated, right? So it's, it's, it's timely because her, her, her moods change. She wants this album and not this album, and then she crosses stuff off as people give her. It's a very, you know, up-to-date database, but it's of stuff that she wants, and she will spend, right? So she, she wants more things constantly, but, and she's like, I'm like, ever since they were little, we had these little things called moon jars, and now it's all virtual, but every dollar that comes in, 10% goes to God, 10% goes into savings, you live off 80%. It was cute when they were given a dollar, right? We change into dimes, and we 10 cents goes in this jar, 10 cents goes in this jar, 80 cents, you can do whatever you want with, go buy the world, right? And they were like, why, why? And our, our younger one, who's a spender, is like, I'll be generous when I get more money. It's like, no, 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 you will do more of what you are currently doing when you get more money. And if you're selfish and entitled, you will be selfish and entitled with a million dollars. If you can't give a dime off of a dollar, you think you're going to give a hundred grand off of a million? Right, right. That's the harder check to write. 
So anyways, I don't want to camp on that. Having more stuff won't give you gratitude. Having gratitude will turn what you have into enough. Right, let me say it again. Having more stuff won't give you gratitude. Gratitude turns whatever you have into enough. So here's what I challenge you to do. Express it. You got to express it. Right? Don't just feel gratitude. Express gratitude. Express gratitude to people and express gratitude to God. Too oftentimes, when expressing gratitude to people, we don't tell them how we really feel. We don't tell them how we appreciate them until when? Their funeral, right? They're sitting there, dead, on the end. They're done with this side of eternity, and we're like, they'll never know how much they impacted my life. You're right. They won't. They would have liked to, right? I bet a lot of times they felt like they weren't making a difference. They would have loved to know how much you, they would have given them so much joy to know how much of a difference they made. There's people in this room that if we were to go around, we could be here all day and you can name different people that are in this building right now that you appreciate, right? There's volunteers that are taking care of your kids right now, right? There's people that are taking care of, you know, that were there for you when times were tough, people that married you, that gave you counseling, people that if you, if they weren't there, you wouldn't be here, right? Because it isn't, it aren't websites or social media or cool logos that change lives. It's, it's not lights, it's not stages, it's not even sermons. Because I know the vast majority of you are going to forget everything we talk about before you're, you're getting your car, right? You're like, no, I won't. Name me three sermons from the last year, right? So I know that, right? That's why I, don't, I really don't mind if I offend you because you're not going to remember it anyways. So, and, and I'm not going to be here next week, so, you know, whatever. So, but if you would just tell them, if you would just text them, some of you guys, you need to do it right now. Because remember, if you don't express gratitude right away, you most likely won't do it at all. She goes, oh, I, that's a good point. So I should text so-and-so. Ignore me. Do that right now. Text that coach. Text that volunteer, that pastor, that small group leader. Text them right now before you forget. Some of you guys, you have like a memory or, or, you know, that's like three seconds long, like a goldfish. And if, right when I finish my next sentence, it's gone. Do it right. That's me. Do it right now. Don't wait. They had no idea. Let them know. Let them know. I, I would dare to say that the people that you appreciate the most have no clue what an impact they've made in your life. I can't tell you how many times that I've had conversations with people and they're like, I'll never forget the time we were driving down I-90 and you said this and it changed my life. And I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't even not remember what I said. I don't remember ever going on that trip with you. Like, at all. Right? Are you sure that was me? Like, I'm the Asian one. Are you sure that was? Anyway, so they have no idea. Let them, let them know. And then express gratitude to God. Right? When you feel, and just try this, when you feel entitlement growing, when you feel anxiety, discontent growing in your heart, and for some of us, it's, it's when we're not busy anymore. Right? Some of us are so afraid of the silence that anytime you are in line in a grocery store, anytime that there's any, like, 30 seconds of silence, you're on your phone. Why? Because, honestly, some of us are afraid of what we find in the silence. 
That's when the voices start to bubble. That's when the discontent, that's when the fear, that's when the regrets start to bubble up. And when you get in those moments, feelings of, man, I should do this better, I should do this better. I wish I had this. When you feel that, here's what I challenge you to do. Just start thanking God for stuff. This is practical. This is not like, amen, yeah, I should do that. No, do it. Like, do it. Like, really do it. And you start saying, thank, thank, thank you, God, that I have toes. Like, literally, this sounds so silly, but it's not a joke, even though it is funny. It's true. Like, I, there, there's so many times where I'm thank you, God, for toes. Because how would I wear flip-flops otherwise? <laughs> right? I love flip-flops. But how would I wear that if I didn't have toes? God, thank you that I have eyes to see the mess that my kids make all the time. They know how, like, a... A, a soap, like soap and a sponge works with their dishes. Like they know how that works, but they don't do it. They know how, like, how to flush a toilet, uh, but they don't do it. I'm glad I have eyes and a nose to recognize when that stuff doesn't happen, right? Just begin to thank God for all of these things. There's a, a, a lady named Jane Kenyon. Um, she's a poet, and uh, she, her husband was diagnosed with cancer. And so she wrote a poem because she wanted, she didn't know how much time she had with her husband. So she wrote this poem to remind herself of just, you know, carpe diem, seize the day. Every single day she had these last few moments with her husband. This is what she wrote. She said, I got out of bed on two strong legs. It might have been otherwise. I ate cereal, sweet milk, a ripe, flawless peach. It might have been otherwise. I took the dog uphill to the birch wood. All morning I did the work I love. At noon I laid down with my mate. It might have been otherwise. We ate dinner together at a table with silver candlesticks. It might have been otherwise. I slept in a bed in a a room with paintings on the walls. And then I planned another day just like this day. But one day I I, I know it will be otherwise. Here's what's wild. She knew she was having her last few moments with her husband, but little did she know that less than a year later, she would actually pass away suddenly in a car accident. But she had lived as if every day was her last with gratitude to fill her heart with joy every single day. See, when we realize everything on this side of eternity is temporary, we value it more, don't we? So here's, here's how, how, what I want us to think about as we close out here. I want you to think about something pretty normal about your life. I really want you to think about this. So it could be like, like something you take for granted, like um, that you don't even really think about, like your car, okay? Uh, some of you guys love your car. Don't think about that. Think of something, something like, it's, it's like you have a car that's like, it's fine. It's not like my forever car. I, I, I wouldn't be sad if it burned up tomorrow or someone stole it, but it's, it's, it's fine, right? Or maybe you're thinking about like uh, your, your leg, You've never thought about being grateful for your leg, uh, but I'm, you know, you, you think about that. Think about uh, someone in your life, your kid, your spouse, that you're just like, it's not that you don't appreciate them, you just, they're there. They're, they're, it's a normal part of your life. I, so it just, you got something? You think, it, you think it's something? Okay? Raise your hand if you got something, you just think about something pretty normal about your life. Okay, okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pretend it's gone. Like, not, like, really let yourself go there, okay? Your job, gone. You just get a text. You got a text right now, and your boss goes, we're downsizing. It, sorry. Effective immediately. It's gone. You leave church. Something happens to your leg. It's gone, right? Something happens to, your, to that relationship, that individual. They're gone, right? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? 
okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. After you've, and you can do, I do this often, often, probably once a week, actually, mostly around my children, because sometimes they annoy me. Okay, so uh, if we're honest, you're like, that's terrible. It's honest, and you think it too. Okay, so, but, so you, you lose that thing, and I'll, I'll, after you sit in the grief for a second, I want you to give it back to yourself. So the boss texts back, actually, you know what? We found a way to make it happen. You can keep your old job. Your, law, your leg magically appears. Your spouse comes back. Whatever, right? Give it back to yourself. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Intuitively, if you took it seriously, intuitively what happens is you begin to thank God for what you already have. And then you begin to think about how many other things in my life am I ignoring like this? Again, happiness comes from a change of circumstances. Joy comes from a change of perspective. Our life is full of so many things, so many things that we'd be devastated if we lost and we'd be full of so much joy if we gained them back. Thankful for busyness because it means I have a job. Thankful for uh, clutter because it means I have a full life. Right? Those of you guys are parents, you can tell yourself that, especially little ones. Every time you step on a Lego, you're like, thank you, God. Right? Every time you see, like, the times where your kid, like, takes a marker to the wall, thank you, God. Because you know what? I was actually texting with a friend of mine yesterday, and she's like, how are you doing? I was like, life is full. And, and uh, she has four kids, single mom. And, <laughs> so, yeah, pray for her. Uh, and I was telling her, you know what? Life is full. The house is noisy, but one day it won't be. And I'll miss these days. One day I'll walk into the kid's room that is now, that will be empty, or maybe it'll convert it to like an office. Who knows? It'll be great. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go to their uh, old room and, and picture when they were, you ever do this? Like my, my kids are 14 and 16. I look at their, I look at pictures of when they were like toddlers, when they were cute and, you know, innocent. Uh, they didn't talk back. And I, don't, I miss it, right? Right now, you're going to miss this season of your life. You have so many reasons to be full of joy. And here's our prayer. The psalmist said this in Psalm 103. He said this, let all that I am praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget all the good things he does for me. A lot of times we focus on all the negative things, on all the things we wish would change. And if we would just take time to go, man, I'm blessed. I'm so stinking blessed. I have enough. If I never get one more thing from Amazon, I have enough. And if I never get one more like on social media, if I never get one more applause, if I never get one more award, one more promotion, I am enough. If I never lose a pound, if I never get any more letters behind my name, I am enough, just as I am. My life is full of good things. So as we close, I want to just remind you of a few statements that we talked about today. Number one, my life is full of good things. My life is full of good things. Number two, I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Number three, I will turn every blessing into praise. Why? Because every blessing that doesn't turn into praise turns into pride. This is how we get to joy. 
if you'll actually put it into practice. Let me pray for us. God, I just, I pray for us, God. From a lot of different facets, God, the church, if, if there's any group of people that should be full of joy and not hate, full of peace and not anxiety, if there's any group of people that should be living this way, full of contentment, should be us. We not only know that you have the next few years in your hand, you have eternity in your hand. We know where we're going to be a thousand years from now. So who cares what the market does in the next six months? Who cares who's in office? God, you are much bigger than all of that. So God, I pray, would you fill our hearts with joy? Would you give us the wisdom the discipline, the habit of focusing on you and focusing on all the great things you bless us with. God, I pray that we wouldn't dishonor you by ignoring all the things you bless us with. God, we don't want to be brass to just focus on all the things that we wish were different. We, want, we don't want to be the kid that's crying at Disneyland. God, help us to realize how blessed we are. And would other people that we work with, that we neighbor with, that we do life with, would they see the joy, even in hard circumstances, would they see the joy and the peace and the contentment, and would that draw them closer to you, God? Would it be a witness that there's something deeper that we're anchored to? God, we love you. Help us to do it. We need you to help us do this. We cannot do this on our own. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So much talk. Uh, I also had the privilege to go to that same school that Jay was talking about earlier, and Taka and his now wife, Natalie, were both on staff, but he was still in the process of trying to lock it down at that point. They weren't married yet. So, um, But it's amazing to see, as you serve God over the years and you walk in your journey with the Lord, it is so, such a fun thing that you get to know people in a season of your life and, and you kind of are serving God together or growing together. And over decades, you just see God is working in California through them, and he moved them from the Chicago area there, and you just start to build this wealth of just how big God is and how much he moves and works in your life, but also in other people's lives, and it really builds your faith. Um, so it's awesome to hear what God is doing at their church and in their family. Um, we're just blessed to have him. And I, I wrote it down on my phone. I hope you guys were taking some notes in your phone, um, and it's going to be ringing in my ears all week. Whatever blessings in my life that I don't turn to praise, they're going to turn to pride, right? Um, that's, that's huge. What an awesome thing. So thank you guys for coming to church today.